Welcome to the Design 30 Podcast, where I provide design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design confidence. Today is a first of what will probably be a series of random episodes. At least they will appear randomly. And what I'm titling it is Fake Facts. That's fake FAQs. So fake frequently asked questions. Uh, And this is something that I am admittedly stealing from another podcaster slash sports talk uh, radio host, Colin Cowherd. You may have heard of him. And he does a segment on his, I think it's his podcast on his new volume network that he calls uh, Fake Questions, Real Answers. And I thought this was actually a pretty fun idea. Um, So I decided to steal that uh, because that's what you do when you find something interesting and cool. Try to incorporate it into what you're doing. So the idea behind this is I'm going to come up with a fake frequently asked question. Uh, Essentially, it's a question that I actually want to answer. So the question may be fake, but the answers will be real. So there you go. Um, Yeah, so I think it's uh, something fun. It's interesting. The questions will range from random to, of course, questions about design and life and my career, uh, lots of things like that. Uh, it, of course, if you guys have questions of me that you want answered, you are always welcome to reach out on Instagram or via email, anywhere at all. Shoot me a question and there's a very good chance it will be featured on the podcast. Uh, maybe not in the fake facts episode because, of course, this is fake frequently asked questions. So if it's a real question, I, I can't include it here. It's against the uh, <laughs> the rules of the episode. So. Anyways, before we dive into these fake facts, uh, I need to say, of course, please rate the podcast. I know I say this a lot, probably on every single episode, but it is really helpful uh, for the podcast for it to grow and for other people to find it. If you would rate it in whatever podcatcher, I don't know if anyone actually knows what a podcatcher is. I don't know if that's industry lingo or if normal people say that. But whatever app you listen to your podcast on, there's usually a way to rate it. Uh, So if you could do that, it would be greatly appreciated. Also, subscribe to the Design 30 YouTube channel. And then, of course, you can become a free subscriber to the Design 30 Substack. And there will be a new post coming soon on there. So make sure to subscribe so you do not miss it. All right, now it's time for fake facts. This is uh, AKA fake frequently asked questions. So question number one, why did you start the Design 30 podcast? And this is a great question. Um, (laughs) Well, great question. I'm saying that uh, about myself. So complimenting myself to to get this whole thing started. But no, let's, I wanted to bring this up because uh, I feel like it's something that people might find interesting and try to figure out why I'm actually doing this thing called Design 30. And a lot of it really goes back to uh, 
essentially goes back to my experience in grad school. And I took a class called Advanced Product Design. And in this class, it was where I really learned, I guess, what product design even is. Learned about different uh, ways to do design thinking and to uh, solve problems creatively. And it was a really empowering and encouraging class. Uh, it's essentially where I learned that creativity is actually a skill that you can get better at. Uh, I think me, like many of us, really didn't think of myself as a creative person. And it actually took a long time to build up that self-confidence and probably just people telling me, hey, creativity is a skill. You can learn it. You can get better at it. Here's a way to actually do it. Here's projects that you have to do because you're going to be graded on them. And in the course of doing that, you're going to realize that you're actually getting better at it. Um, you can improve. And overall, it was just a really fun class. Um, we designed a, a new type of coffee maker, which we called the, I believe we call it the hourglass pour over. And the idea behind that was we were trying to come up with a new way for people to, uh, make gourmet coffee or somewhat gourmet coffee in a quick and clean and also a classy manner. So we had two different, uh, ball jars essentially or mason jars that you could attach together and in the middle there was a portion where you would slide in your coffee grounds and you would put water in one of the mason jars and boil it and then once it was hot or at the appropriate temperature you would flip it over and this water would run through the grounds uh, in the little section between the mason jars and then in the bottom you would have your uh, what we ideally uh, wanted to create was pour over coffee and you could just throw a lid on that right on the mason jar, put it in a sleeve and take off to work. So, I mean, it never really turned into anything, but the idea was really cool. And the fact that, you know, through these different skills that we were taught in this advanced product design class and the confidence just to be creative and come up with crazy ideas and test them with users and get feedback uh, led to this fairly in my opinion, impressive uh, product. So that was something that has always stuck with me ever since grad school and, and in moving into my professional career. Um, and so I've ever since then, I've been reading books and really trying to implement these ideas of design thinking and human-centered design in my professional life. And as I was doing that, I thought, well, what better way to really ingrain these ideas in me and get better at talking about them than just talking about them and practicing talking about them. So hence, uh, here's a podcast where I just sit at my desk and talk into a microphone and it's, it's a good way to, um, what am I trying to say? It's a good way to, uh, motivate myself to keep reading books on these different topics and then ways to digest those books into uh, interesting ideas and concepts and try to pass them on to someone else. Like they always say, the best way to learn something is to actually teach it. So those are my primary goals. I, I guess I do have a few more, t few more goals I could touch on with this. 
or a few more reasons why I'm doing the Design 30 podcast. In addition to, you know, building up these skills in myself, it was also a good way to push myself and to build a discipline and good habits around uh, what I do for a living, which is being creative and solving problems. Uh, Right now it's as a mechanical engineer, but uh, who knows where that will end up in the future. And finally, it's, it's just a challenge. I think we should always be challenging ourselves and learning new skills. And that's what keeps life interesting. And I don't know, it's been really fun. So yeah, that's my answer to that. Let's move on to question number two. What book has been the most impactful on you in your design career? And this one is a pretty easy answer for me. It's 100% Creative Confidence by Tom and David Kelly. And just so I'm clear, the name is Creative Confidence. And I'm 100% confident that that's the book that has been the most impactful (laughs) on me. Uh, Essentially, this book is about how to... Uh, I mean, as the title says, build this confidence in your own ability to be creative. And the authors are Tom and David Kelly were the people who founded IDEO, which is a design consulting firm that you've likely heard of, or if you haven't, you should look them up. Uh, It's a really cool company. They're essentially the industry leaders in human-centered design and one of the most well-known design firms probably in the world, definitely in the United States. And they actually designed the first mouse uh, for computers. So uh, pretty pretty cool uh, history right there. Uh, in the book, they teach um, this idea of creativity being a skill. And along with that, they provide a lot of examples, a lot of real-world examples, experiences they've had. They give you tools that you can use uh, in your own brainstorming sessions or different ways to to build the skill of creativity. Um, and this book, it's one of the reasons I did, I read it in that advanced product design class that I just mentioned earlier. And so it was a big part of me falling in love with product design uh, in a lot of ways. And I can't recommend it enough for engineers or graphic designers, maybe artists, marketers, data analysts, literally everyone. I think literally everyone can benefit from reading this book. So again, that's Creative Confidence by Tom and David Kelly. All right, question number three. What is the next skill you're hoping to learn? The next skill I'm hoping to learn is actually Python. So I want to learn Python so that I can get better at scripting. This is something that we use a lot of at my current work. Uh, to run our cryostats, uh, these systems that you've heard me talk about, but essentially it's a, a really expensive refrigerator, the system that gets down to cryogenic temperatures. And we use scripting a lot to control those systems or to pull data off those systems. So one of my goals for the next couple of months is to learn Python, pro, which is a programming language. Um, I have a little bit of skill or a, a little bit of experience with C++. But I think Python is, from what I'm no, I'm no software engineer, but from what I understand, it's a little bit more high-level programming language, but it's also very usable and applicable to a ton of different areas. So I really want to learn this and use it for some data analysis, 
um, and scripting of these machines at work. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other opportunities uh, to use it that I'm not even aware of yet. So I've always kind of liked coding. Um, I've programmed Arduinos with C++, which has been really fun. Um, obviously, software is something that's really important right now. And it's also compared to mechanical engineering, what I'm used to, which is, you know, designing these physical metal, plastic, uh, whatever ceramic parts, uh, it takes, there's a big lag between the time you design it and the time when you actually get the part physically in your hand, unless you're 3d printing, which is awesome. Huge fan of 3d printing. Uh, but what I really like about software is you can write a program and just hit compile and run and you get your feedback immediately, whether it works, whether it doesn't work. And there's just this feeling of, I don't know, accomplishment. You get these really quick results and that's something that as a mechanical engineer, I just love. So really satisfying. I'm really excited to learn more about, about Python. And if I you know, find anything else cool about it, I will definitely share it on this podcast. Okay, and the final question of this episode of Fake Facts, which is fake frequently asked questions, is what is a critique you have never forgotten and has served as a motivation or, oh, I should say, and has served as a motivator for you? So this one, I'm going to go back to is the summer of 2014. And this summer I had to get an internship to graduate from, was that right? Yeah, summer of 2014. So I had to take an internship to graduate from my degree from Whitworth University, Scobucks. And for this internship, um, I, <laughs> I had to apply to, I don't know what it was. It was between 50 and 100 places. And I got one offer, and that was from the Naval Surface Warfare Center, the Corona Division, which is located in Corona, California. And that's just south of LA, essentially, just so you can kind of get your bearings on where it's at. And so it was on a military base. So I had to work as a civilian contractor there, which was pretty cool. A little intimidating at first. I mean, going through the front gate with armed guards was a little intimidating almost every day, but it was also really cool. Um, so working there, I worked on these things called uh, bulk metallic glass alloys, and then also worked a little bit with ceramics and some carbon fiber composites. Um, so it was really cool. Some really, uh, I don't know, really fascinating technology they're developing there. Uh, I always like to talk about when I was making these bulk metallic glass alloys, so making metal alloys, which uh, you can imagine involves very hot things. And I was working in the desert of California in the summer. And we were working in this old trailer, which is basically just a trailer. I think it was from, uh, I think the researcher there got it on like a military garage sale. Those are a thing. Um, and he bought this pretty cool souped up trailer However, the AC unit did not work. So there I was in Southern California in the middle of the summer making these glass or metal, bulk metallic glass alloys. So just melting pieces of metal together. 
and just sweating like crazy in this trailer. And it was very memorable. Uh, not, well, it was fun. Parts of it were awful. Parts of it were really fun. Um, but yeah, it was, it was quite the experience. Um, however, after the internship, uh, the researcher I was working with was supposed to send a little bit of feedback to my advisor at school. And I don't remember everything he said, but there's one line that really stuck with me. And he said that, I uh, lacked the curiosity it takes to do research. And that one really hurt. You know, it was lacking the curiosity. I always felt like I was someone who was a very curious person and asked interesting questions. Um, But this was just very blunt feedback that uh, I took fairly personally at the time. But after thinking about it and looking back on the experience and trying to figure out why he said this because we had gotten along what I thought pretty well. Uh, I felt like I was a pretty helpful intern, as helpful as interns could be. Um, But the more I thought about it, I realized doing that kind of research just wasn't something I was very interested in. So, and uh, to be honest, a lot of the work he was doing was pretty high level. And I was definitely not at that level of my education or my understanding of a bulk metallic glass alloy, which I think there's very few people in the world who even know what that is. Um, so it was kind of a combination of not really loving this type of work as well as with that work just being way over my head. But the main takeaway or what I, I guess what I realized is that internship showed me what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to do basic research. Um, that wasn't something that was very interesting to me. I wanted to work at a level where you could use technology and maybe take the findings of other people's basic research and then apply that to products and interact with people and create something that is going to be used by tens or hundreds or thousands of people. And that's where, when I went to grad school, I I knew I didn't really want to do research, which a lot of people do research projects, obviously, in grad school. And I was just getting a master's, but it was still an option to team up with a, you know, a PI, a principal investigator and do a project. But I was pretty wary of that due to this experience. And so that's what led me to the design program at my school, which was the University of Colorado Boulder. And that's what eventually led me to this advanced product design class. And as I said, you know, has led me down this, this route of product design. So I guess, uh, in summation, the line that has always stuck with me was me lacking curiosity. And so since then I've actually tried to be a really curious person. And I think that led me to do way more reading. I was somewhat of a reader before that. Uh, but after that, it only, it took off exponentially. Um, so, uh, for that reason, I'm thankful he said that. Um, uh, I think it was, it, it's an example of, you know, criticism can be painful to hear at times, but also can be very motivational and actually <laughs> change and steer the direction of your life. So it was a good lesson to not avoid criticism and actually take that criticism, think about it and figure out why, you know, why someone gave you that criticism and what you can do to improve. Um, yeah, so that is it for uh, fake facts this week. 
Uh, I hope you enjoyed this new style of episode. Like I said, uh, I'll probably be doing these here and there. Um, and then if I get enough frequently asked questions from real people, maybe I'll do a, a real facts uh, episode. Never know. That sounds kind of fun. Fake facts, real facts. Um, yeah, I think I'll do that at some point. But anyways, uh, this episode is coming to a close. So please rate and review the podcast and subscribe to All Things Design 30. And as always, design more, despair less.